there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This is your post game instant reaction to the Texas Tech Red Raiders defeating Kansas Jayhawks 16 to 13. That's right, 16, not 60, 16. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I, I may be the only one just bathing in the sunlight of this victory. I mean, how, how important is it to have this win at the end of the year, uh, you know, for the bowl selection process, for the recruits, for everybody keeping up with the program, just to end, end the year on a high note for the seniors on senior day. Uh, just, you know, just really thrilled to be a part of this moment. And, you know, a win's a win, man. There's, um, there's no such thing as a, as a bad loss. So right. how, how are you doing? I was so looking forward to an absolute butt kicking and uh oh man so was <laughs> a blowout of epic i was like if averages hold true i will feel comfortable about how today went and that would have been a 35 point victory scoring 50 45 or 50 points holding mm-hmm. holding the jayhawks and the teens like you did i think defensively what you saw today was what i would have expected um but I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. Cause it was like, there's so many things to look at and be frustrated with. And as someone who's kind of fed up with Matt Wells, I can't point to him as like, look at all the stupid things he did today. But yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is one thing we can say today. I mean, there's probably a few good things we can say, but that's definitely one is his absence did not allow for overthinking things here and there. I mean, Patterson and Yost called a pretty normal game. They weren't. It was vanilla, and it hunting. was. It yeah, it was fine. <laughs> sure, it was. It was fine. I mean, they, like there was, as far as the the game decisions. Now the play calling. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can dissect that all day, but just the straight up game decisions, when to kick field goals, all that kind of stuff. I really didn't have a huge issue with. Um, you know, I think there was a fourth and five that I think where Garibay came out and I think they attempted a 40 plus yarder. That might've been one that was kind of borderline, but sure. Garibay missed a few. Um, you know, I'm still sticking with all day Garibay because the sun shines on Garibay more than it doesn't. And he's, he's still all day to me, but I, you know, acknowledging that he did miss what two three. or three on the day. Not great. Um, no, but not great, Tom. all that to say no huge issues on, Special teams calls, any sort of big timeout clock management situations, anything like that. So definitely a, a nice way to end the season on not some strange pooch kick or something. Um, 
when tech was tied. I, who knows? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I, I think I, I have the hardest time kind of gauging as a fan is like when you move away from a kicker, because we, we, we've seen how, how mentally unstable these guys can be <laughs> and, and not just Texas tech kickers and not just whatever, but like, because so much of what they do is tied into, into proper mechanics and being out there, being able to go out there and execute regardless of the situation. Right. So they're called on like Garibay had six plays today. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Like out of like a hundred, like 200 plays on the day, like total between both teams. So it's like when you get called on, you have to be perfect. Otherwise it's glaring like, Oh my gosh, this dude sucks. Like, well, (laughs) so like, not that simple, but, but yes, right. so like, it, it makes you think that quickly. Even with a kicker that missed three times, I don't like, there wasn't a time would have been like, uh, let's try going for it here when Texas tech didn't go for it. Or let's try somebody else. Like even then I, I and, and I just, I felt like, yeah, I, you, you made the, the right call here or the smart call or there just wasn't anything where I was like, I wouldn't have done that. Like you said, from the game management perspective. Sure. Yeah. Of pulling a guy or from trying something else or for, you know, when you go for it or whatever, um, missing three field goals. I mean, they were all 40 plus yarders. So like you can kind of deal with it. Cause one was a slight miss to the right. Like the ball's on the right hash mark. He missed it a few feet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not the end of the world. The next one, he hit the upright. That felt like more of a, like a mental thing, right? Like, yeah, cause it was immediately, it was, um, like the next drive or so. Yes. Yes. It was the same quarter for sure. Yeah. It was, um, seven minutes later in the game, you know, gameplay yeah. time. Um, and then he made two more and then he missed the last one. Um, and I think the last made one was actually tipped too. And that might've actually helped him go in. I, I, it was tipped so soon, but it looked like it was fading to the right. Long story short, I've already said it. Um, you didn't have any weird game management decisions that I, that I, I disagreed with. Offense, you put up Ooh. 410 yards, 16 points. I mean, it, it, it was a bad day. It was not a good offensive day. Which is weird when you run for almost 300 yards, something you don't do. Like, mm-hmm. ha, ha, have you, had you put up, you know, 300 yards on the ground last week? You'd be like, holy crap, this was awesome. Which, I mean, you, <laughs> you kind of, I mean, you put up what, 250 or 230, something like that? But oh, like, last week, yeah. I mean, it was just, I guess, tied to, to Alan Bowman's ineptitude. I, <laughs> I don't even know. Like there's, there's not like I'm, one thing I, I, I can put my finger on and say, man, if we were just better here. He was, he was really missing receivers today. He had issues. Uh, Ezukanma, of course, if post, you're post listening to this, you may have seen his post game comments where he basically as politely as he possibly could kind of called out the coaches or whoever for, not getting him the ball. He feels like when he has the ball, he's effective and he can help them win and essentially said something along the lines of, it felt like they were giving the game away to the Jayhawks. Um, that was basically kind of what he said. And 
you know, love it or hate it, that that may not be the greatest way to voice your opinions there. But I mean, I, I thought, well, let's see. He was targeted six times. Yes. Which, he had the most targets out of any receiver. Yes. But I mean, but the guy, as good as he is, has he's had three seven game or sorry, three seven catch games. I'll mention this on the podcast this week. And one of them was in Stillwater. This, they just can't. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And get the ball to him. And I think a lot of times when they were targeting him, he was overthrown. Stuff just wasn't right. I don't think it was on him that he wasn't getting the ball. So, I mean, he had two catches for 20 yards, just a really, really slow day. I mean, Xavier White, our running back, had the most receptions on the day with four for 28 yards. Uh, let me read these two. I, I know I've like interrupted you sort of, but on the offensive standpoint, let me read you the two quarterback stats back to back. And those of you listening, see which quarterback I'm talking about. QB one, 17 for 29, 102 yards, 88.2 QB rating. No touchdowns, no interceptions. QB2, 15 for 26, or 15 of 26, 117 yards instead of 102. No touchdowns, one interception, a rating of 87.8 instead of 88.2. We came into this game dogging Kansas's quarterback play. They've you know, completed 55% of their passes collectively coming into this game. They had what was it? 150 yards passing per game. Yeah. I mean, QB one was Kendrick miles or miles Kendrick and QB two was Alan Bowman. They were, their numbers were almost identical except Bowman threw a pick, which probably not on Bowman. That's That's right. That's, that's, and it was, it was deflected by not the intended receiver. Um, so it's like, I don't know. So we'll get to all that in a minute. Want to want to break this down really quickly, and let you guys know. Obviously, football. Well, it's in full effect, right? It's actually kind of. I've I've heard that. I've heard the rumor. It's actually kind of winding down, which means if you want to get in on the action, you should probably start now. You should get in there now. Many teams strutting their stuff, like Coastal Carolina tonight. That was a heck of a game. Um, you might not be at a game this year. Certainly not in Lubbock, 
but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's promo code Armchair. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for 23 Personnel Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls. Fellas, listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Has revolutionary... Uh, has revolutionary redesigned the electric trimmer. The lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts on your nuts, which I mean, I think that could be, that sounds worse than it is. It's, I think that's a good thing. It's also waterproof. So you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, a lot of, a lot of crop things going on. That's... Some good terminology to use out in West Texas. I think that it should, that will uh, just establish establish itself with people out here. It so use the crop preserver. It speaks to you. Keep keep your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood. If you know what I mean. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code armchair. Clean up dim nuts. Make Santa proud. I'm not so sure I'm concerned with my father-in-law's <laughs> grooming habits. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If- hey, man, I, I, I was thinking about you this Christmas, and I really, I, I think this will be good for you. You would have to explain what it was. That's He's the like, worst part. Did you, you get me oh, a shaver? Wow, Spencer? Yeah, yeah, I did. Great new, I did. new beard trimmer. Well, you know, actually. <laughs> actually. Hold up. The, hold up. This uh, beard trimmer does not does not go above your waist. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, uh, you know, if I, if I, if, if I need to go in for knee surgery, I could shave my leg or something or like, sure. well, you know, <laughs> something, something like that. Not all you could shave. All right. So there are so many things and yet so few things to talk about. I, I don't even know, dude. Um, we'll talk about the game really quickly and then we'll talk about kind of the state of the program. Um, the season, whether or not we think there's going to be a bowl game, whether or not we think we're going to have the same coaching staff. Um, I think what, what jumps off the page or the screen to me right now is you look down the stats and you see that Texas Tech had four turnovers and Kansas had 13 points off turnovers. 
That means you gave them all 13 other points off of your turnovers. Um, you, you also cost yourself, uh, you know, four points or whatever it would, could have been when, um, Xavier white did his taunting. It's like, <laughs> and then immediately got tackled and got tackled and almost fumbled it. Uh, you know, he hadn't what two, three or three, three fumbles himself. No, you know, he, he had two, uh, Sergeant Thompson had one and then Bowman threw the interception. So there, there are your four, uh, turnovers, but Kansas had 13 points off turnovers. They had 13 points in the day. You clean that up a little bit. You feel even better defensively. Um, you know, giving up 13 points is not bad. I mean, I, you, you would take that every week, even if, even against Kansas, um, you'd feel a whole lot better about your offense. Had you not turned the ball over four, four times. Um, I don't know if it would have made a difference in how, how it went, because like I said, the one, like the, the, the area where you struggled the most was in the air. Uh, and yes, Bowman had an interception, but I, I don't think it's on Bowman. I don't, I don't think it's, it was on the intended receiver either. It wasn't like, like there was a miscommunication, uh, between he and that receiver. It looked like a, a, a younger receiver, um, I don't know if, if his route was delayed or if it was just absolute worst timing possible, but it looked like Bowman was throwing to Miles Price, who was standing in the end zone. He was state like he did a little, little curl. He got in the end zone, turned around. Bowman threw it to him, but Loic Fungi was coming across the field at the same time, and it was actually a little bit behind Fungi when he reached out to, to grab it. He tipped it up into the air, and then it was intercepted. So it's like. I mean, if anybody, you could say it was on Fungi, but like he didn't really, he probably. It was kind of one of those bang, bang Columbia interceptions against OU. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even place that on, on, on the freshman. Like he tried to make a play, you know, you, you can't always interpret, you know, if you were the intended receiver in confined spaces. I mean, they were within, they were inside the 10 throwing it to, to the goal line. So it wasn't like. They have a lot of space to spread out, whatever. Um, I mean, you put up 305 sack adjusted rush yards today for 7.3 yards per carry. There, you started the game with like four rushings in a row. You had a couple incompletions like, why did you stop running the ball? Um, but like Xavier White carried the ball almost 10 yards per carry on 14 carries. Taj Brooks five yards a carry on 16 carries like those numbers you keep giving them the ball even with xavier white uh having his his fumble issue you know maybe you sit him down a little bit longer after the, the taunting penalty but you ran the ball um it says 43 times in the day two of those were kneel downs two of those i think were sacks on bowman so you probably called 39 rush plays for 305 yards. It's a respectable day. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, when the pass wasn't working, I mean, I guess that, that's the positive that, that some praise that, that we can give David Yost is he didn't try to force it. Um, he kept trying to go to the passing game because that's obviously what, what you are. It wasn't working, but you didn't completely abandon the run either. I mean, you threw 26 times. You ran it 39 times. 
I'm okay with that. Um, I just wish you were, you were able to convert more of those drives into points. You turned the ball over fewer times. Um, you had turned Kansas over a few times, maybe. I don't, I don't even know, man. Like yeah, it's I mean, weird Tech to complain had, about Tech the offense. Trouble even, yeah, I mean, Tech had trouble even getting to the red zone. Just kind of jarring. Tech was only in the red zone three times. They only scored two of the three. Kansas was perfect from the red zone, three of three. They just didn't get there very often either. Uh, you know, Tech had three for 15 on third downs for the day. Terrible. I mean, you you can't go three for 15 on third downs on offense. And then fourth downs, luckily they went two for two. And I know at least one of them was Bowman somehow scrambling on a fourth and six at the very end of the game to set up what ended up being the game winning field goal. Oh. A very crucial fourth down, <laughs> a fourth down scramble by a scrambling quarter or, you know, a quarterback who's not known for scrambling. I mean, that was just kind of fortunate to have extended that drive at that point because it was way too far for, to go for a field goal there. Um, you know, it just, I really don't have a whole lot of, a whole lot to add beyond what you've already said, aside from, you know, defensively, there were some, there were some good plays, you know, and, and really just overall decent play. Like you already said, the 13 points were handed to them. Basically Kansas comes in averaging 16 but, you know, they were gifted 13 of their 13. So, you know, the defense really held up the end of the deal. They did fine. Uh, they, they played well. Schooler played well. Um, Merriweather, my guy, he played well. Yeah. You know, the, you called him he led with 12 tackles, my friend. Yeah, my goodness. You called him player of the game uh, pre kickoff. You mentioned it 12 total tackles, nine solo, one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss. Yeah, it's it's a good sign, unlike last week, when, what, five of your six top tacklers last week were defensive backs. This week, it's three linebackers, your three linebackers and a defensive lineman are your top four. Actually, five, yeah, I think they're all linemen. <laughs> I don't yeah, even so, so you've got... Two linebackers, uh, your linebacker safety hybrid is your third and Dadrian Taylor. Uh, then you've got three defensive linemen. So of your top six, five are linebackers or defensive linemen. Yep. Definite change from last week when it was obvious that Oklahoma State was getting in the backfield, moving the ball, had to get the DBs involved and just stopping people. So that's about the best thing I can say about this game. It was frustrating. It was a slog. It just felt like tech was going to lose it at any moment. And it came very close to doing that. But man, I've, I'm, I'm ready to put this one behind me. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So speaking of putting it behind you, there have been a lot of careful, rumors, careful, a lot of rumors the past couple of weeks about the future of this coaching staff and I guess I'll start it off and say my, what I want and my expectation for what will happen is not the same. I want a new coaching staff. I want a new offensive coordinator at the very least. I want a new special teams coordinator. Um, I would, I mean, I, I don't want to say I, I, I hope for these people to be fired, 
But I think we've seen enough to know that what we're going to get from Matt Wells in year three is not any better than year two or year one or any of the years he had at Utah State when he made a bunch of stupid decisions. They, they, they were Utah State fans literally celebrating when we hired him away from them. They weren't sad. They weren't upset. They celebrated. We see that. We're seeing that now. Why, why that was. Now, my expectation of what's going to happen is Hokut probably in a fit of pride is going to dig his heels and be like, no, this is my guy. We're, we're, we're rolling with, with Wells. Here we go for year three. Get behind us. Let's go. Um, and I don't know if Wells is going to make any changes on the staff. So that I could see that being, okay, I'm, I'm going to agree with you up to a point. I, the only thing that worries me about letting go of Wells at this point is recruiting. There's, you know, who knows? I mean, players may leave if he stays or if he goes, I, it depends on which, which, which rumors, rumors you, believe. you choose to listen to. Right. Yeah, it's just all rumor at this point, but I am, I'm ready for, I think a new special teams coach and a new offensive coordinator that could be part of the deal that, that Hokehead ends up making to with Wells and saying, Hey, we're going to give you another year, but Yost has got to go. Tarmadol's got to go. Who knows? There could be something like that brewing, but I'm with you. I think I would be very surprised if Wells is let go. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the right thing to do. I completely understand why people want to. I'm frustrated with him too. If there's a way he could just stay home on a Zoom call during most of the games, I think my most of my frustration would go away. But that's not where we are realistically. So I, I I'm not. Uh, I just wonder what it would be like at this point to completely reset and start over again, two years into a new thing uh, amidst all this turmoil, amidst all this eligibility where people can just easily transfer way easier than they could before. But the, the problem with that is they're going to flood the market because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to transfer as well because they have this extra year of eligibility and they want to go to the best place. I know I'm talking in circles, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, that's where, that's what I'm thinking. That could end up being a wash. Like you, you, you could lose some guys that you're like, oh man, that's really going to hurt. But you could also pick up some pretty good guys that are in similar situations and on their teams. Um, you, you mentioned it, you know, a couple of minutes ago that like you could lose players either way, you know? Yes. Either way. That's true. The, 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 the wording I saw is that if significant changes aren't made, there are going to be, there's going to be a mass exodus of significant players, like players that had a significant impact on this year's team seeking opportunities elsewhere. Now, when you make a coaching change, um, it's expected that you're going to lose existing players and probably most, if not all of your recruiting class, you can have to balance that and figure out, you know, how, how to move forward and like just how to best accommodate all of that expected change. Um, I don't know, man. Cause like I haven't heard specific names of who could leave. But when you get comments like Zach McPherson last week about the onside kick, um, 
and you get comments like Eric Ezukanma today, who could be draft eligible if he makes that choice uh, as a redshirt sophomore, like these aren't comments that are made by players that are committed to the program and our coaching staff. Um, now, you know, he didn't come out and say I'm leaving or, you know, I, I can't work with this or anything like that, but you get to feel like your best receiver saying the, the team works better if the ball comes to me a few more times and it felt like we were trying to give the game away. That's he kind may of not telling. Be the only person who thinks that. Right. I mean, he was he, the one in front of the he microphone. Understands. Tonight. I mean, he was he was preface, prefacing it with the I know this, or this can sound selfish, but I don't mean it to sound. Or you know, he's. But I, I mean, yeah, as, he, he was he knew the weight of the words he was about to say. But as the best wide receiver on the team, you can make those comments. I mean, it's not like. TJ Vasher came out and said, you know, I just really haven't been, been, been getting the ball enough. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated about that. Sure. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you haven't been on the field or one of the, like the, the, the young guys who thought they were, you know, hot stuff. No, this is Eric Azucama who was on the Blitnikoff award watch list saying, Hey, maybe you should use me a little bit more. Yeah. I don't wouldn't, know. Man. Wouldn't mind getting the ball more than twice. Yeah. Although they tried six times, but yeah, twice. So, um, there, there, there's not any, any point in like speculating on who the, like any, any new coaches or staff would be because no, no changes have been made. I don't ex- expect major changes. I would want a couple of like a coordinator, um, like an offensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator. Is he a coordinator? Does he carry that coordinator title? I don't know. Those two, um, I would hate to see some of the the guys on our offensive staff leave, but I also like also want to say, if you're bringing in an offensive coordinator, you let them bring who they want to bring on their staff. You don't say, hey, we're, we're going to hire you to, to, to run the offense, but you're going to be stuck with all these coaches who you don't know, you don't know if you can work with them, you don't know if there's yes. going to be any, any kind of friction. I don't know. We've we've kind of seen that thing before, and it's it's not it's not pretty. And that was a defensive coordinator, right, under Kingsbury? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it, like you said, no point in really speculating on what will happen. Hopefully, there will. I would just hope that Hokut will make his decision quickly, whatever it is, and release it quickly for the sake of recruiting, for the sake of transfers, for the sake of all sorts of things. Uh, You know, what are your, I don't know if you're ready to change the subject or not, but what are your thoughts on bowl eligibility? I know that we both came in thinking that tech would win this game. They were going to end the season four and six. There's a chance they could end up playing in the serve pro bowl against SMU. That was forecasted 10 days ago or whatever that was. I don't know if that's still on the table considering how tech won their last game to get to four wins. But what are your thoughts on Tech's bowl chances now? Do you think they diminished a little bit today? No, because I, I, I don't think individual game performances outside of wins or losses would 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 necessarily change that. Uh, I think obviously one of the biggest factors is going to be just number of bowl games available. Um, 
the logistics of trying to get however many bowls filled. If you're going to, you know, drop some of the, the conference tie-ins, you're just trying to go regional, you know, make the travel make sense. Um, I don't think your chances of going to a bowl game were hurt today. Had you lost, I think there would have been a different conversation. I, I'm still on board with playing a bowl game. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think there's a way that it hurts. Even if you were to lose the bowl game, it's, let's be honest, it's an exhibition game. Um, I mean, the win loss in a bowl game is not, I mean, it's not too terribly significant on the outcome of the entire season. It, it helps propel and show some momentum if you win. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, you spend more time with the team, uh, in structured settings where they're, they're practicing, going to meetings, staying on their nutrition, you know, a month longer, uh, you know, it, it gets you a little closer to the spring practices without, you know, all of that structure in place for them. Um, so the, the, the few extra weeks of practice, the extra game prep, all that kind of experience, I think is still valuable. Um, I think it's still something that you can use recruiting wise. Yes, everybody is bowl eligible, but you know, it's still something that, that you can hang your hat on and say, yeah, we went to a bowl game. Um, you know, we, we, we did this, whatever, whatever the outcome may be. Um, whereas I think optically, if you choose not to play a bowl game, it raises a whole other host of questions like, you didn't want to play like why not like oh sure yeah if you're trying to get me as a player to come to you you're you're electively choosing to not play more games that's what i want to do i want the exposure the experience um i mean you you play the games to to win right so like you you can't say i don't want to play the game because you might lose or um, whatever else, ex- like, I, I don't, I don't agree with the people that would say, I don't want to play a bowl game this year. What about you? Um, I, I think that, I think tech's chances might've been hurt just a little bit, but it's, it's also just for things out of their control, mostly, you know, teams like Liberty or coastal Carolina or Marshall, of course, Marshall laid an egg today against rice, but yeah teams with really good records that are in the top 25 that normally aren't, um, you know, people are interested in Louisiana and Lafayette this year. They're interested in the raging Cajuns. They want to see them probably play a bowl game. Bowl organizers know this. And I think that's going to hurt tech's chances even more because that plus going regional plus when, when we had our podcast, I think nine bowls were down. I think there's been at least one, maybe two more, drop since Tuesday. So there's at least 10 or 11 bowls that are gone. Uh, you know, I'm kind of softening on my take at first. I thought let's, let's just, I don't think tech should turn down a bowl. I I, I don't ever think that, but just as a fan and, and just thinking out loud, it, I wouldn't miss a bowl game this year. Um, I think there's, I think there's something to be said for practice. I think that's important to have some more reps and everything. But, you know, at the same point, if you haven't 
gotten it down in the second week of December, I mean, what's two more weeks going to do? And, and then you break anyway. So I, I'm not sure, but I, I get the benefits of it. It's just, I'm kind of ho-hum at this point. I know that's just me. People can disagree with it and I'm fine with it. But if tech were invited, they should say yes. Yeah. I will always think of that. Yeah. Um, let's pull up the Twitter and see some of your all reactions. Um, not many because everyone's kind of over it, which is sad, right? Cause we're, we're talking about, yes. uh, the end of a, like a, a football season that you worked really hard to get to. He worked really hard to maintain a season that you got to play every single game on the schedule as originally rescheduled. Um, So Keith asked them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I'm, 
at a loss for like I I wouldn't be able to give you these, but he said I like to hear five reasons from each of us ranked why Texas Tech lost this game. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we could come up with five combined pretty quick. I I think I think they lost because they allowed Kansas to score 13 points on turnovers. They lost because they lost four. They committed four turnovers. The quarterback play was almost identical. That's an L. Um, only scoring a touchdown on a huge chunk, 70-yard reverse in your own territory. That's the only touchdown Tech scores all day in the first quarter. That's an L against Kansas, a team that gives up 50 points a game. Just yeah, kind I, of, yeah, the, the L's can stack up. I don't know how many I listed, but those those stood out immediately. So Jimmy XC16, do we need do we need to fire Yost? I think his contract is up. I feel worse than I did after the HBU win. I, I responded I was like, no, he's got another year. Uh, Raider Power up Odom underscore Bob. It would be criminal to keep him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, you know, we don't think there's a there's a significant buyout for a coordinator, uh, even with remaining time on his contract. But other. Tech fans that are ready for a change on the offensive staff. A couple other unrelated (laughs) to the game interactions I had on Twitter tonight. That's not like you. You're always on topic. You're always, you're always just right on it. It's still related to the game, but not specifically to the, the play on the field. Uh, there was somebody that, so Jack Anderson announced tonight that he was going to pursue, uh, preparing for the NFL draft. Somebody on Twitter who I assume is an alumni. Um, but he's definitely a fan. At least spends a lot of his time on Twitter engaged in Texas tech athletics content said he doesn't blame Anderson, uh, because of the coaching staff and having to live in Lubbock. And I retweeted him and it said, it makes no sense to me how or why so-called tech fans and or alums take shots at Lubbock. Like, yeah. And, and you took that personally. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, um, full of Jordan. You took that personally. I, I did too. I mean, I live here. A, yeah. It's a I've, good place to live. I've, I've chosen to live here. You know, I, I, yeah. I came out, I came out to Lubbock for school in 2007. Um, I, I lived in Hobbs for three years 2013 to 2016. Um, so, I mean, I've lived in Lubbock about 10 years. I've had opportunities to move back. I, I, I could have just said I'm moving back and, and found other opportunities. Haven't done it. I, I like it here. Yeah. Yeah. I like it here too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get the, that's a weird tweet. That's a weird tweet to, to make. And it resulted in an unfollow. <laughs> Several apparently. Um, so Jody laughter and it's something I replied to, but it was, it, it kind of started another conversation. She said the craziest thing to me about this season, as low as the lows have been, is that keeping everything else the same, you are a couple of special teams play calls away from probably winning two more games and finishing tied for third in the league. 
Sure. I mean, that happened under Kingsbury too. If Kingsbury had a field goal kicker, what his fifth year <laughs> tech might've won a few more games. I mean, it's, and I was that guy making that comparison and, and so I get it. There's a chance, but, um, it wasn't so much that things didn't go our way. It's, it's that things were coached not to go our way. <laughs> that kind of makes it, that kind of hurts it a little bit more to me, but but yes, Tech was in. Obviously, they were in the UT game. They were they were in the still. I mean, the game in Stillwater. Um, they got the doors blown off in Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, there, there were there were some there's some chances to have made up ground there, but this team was unable to do it. And uh, a lot of it was the decision making. Not all of it, not all of it. But I'm not going to bash the players so much. It's 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 not their calls to make on a lot of this stuff or any of it aside for check downs. That might be, that might be kind of free reign. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, like I, I, I've watched a couple of coastal Carolina games that this season, um, their offense fascinates me. Like they I need to get into the Chanticleers. <laughs> they, um, they have two co-offensive coordinators, so it's not like you could just grab one, you know, grab the offensive coordinator and kind of like transplant it. Um, but watching them play today, tonight, they, they run a lot of option and run plays out of a two-back set, and it's a really strange alignment on the running backs because um, they run almost like a, like a triple option like from like the wishbone, but without that, so like the wishbone would be like a, a, a Navy or an army style offense where you've got the quarterback under center, the fullback right behind them, two running backs that are kind of behind and offset from the tackles and pre-snap usually send one of those running backs in motion with coastal Carolina. They, they run with the two running backs um, and then you have a dive play, which is like your, your, your fullback uh, and, and, and the, and the wishbone. And then you run like triple option or, you know, a speed option with the other running back. It was as option football can be really fun to watch tonight. Now is option football going to be a hit on the South Plains of Texas tech? No, but I think there would definitely be some growing pains. Well, not a ton because we have, we have have excellent running backs. Continue to remind everyone, excellent running backs. Yes. Um, but I think it went back to the conversation we had a long time ago. If you're making a change in offense, like we're not, we're not tied. Like you don't no. have to feel tied to a specific philosophy. Like we don't have to do this just because we've always done this. Um, we were, we Texas tech pioneers in running the air raid and we've kind of felt this attachment to it. But like that was before everybody else ran it. That was before it was kind of picked apart and defenses figured out how to stop it. And before every other team, you know, cherry picked concepts and, and fundamentals yeah. and foundational plays out of it. Um, and the SEC became the big 12 basically. <laughs> yeah. Because of, because of all of that. And the, I mean, the, all we're asking for is some sort of production tech came into this game averaging 30 points a game. And after today, it's 28.3. 
I'd like to go back and see when the last time Tech averaged less than 30 points per game. It's probably not very often in the last 20 years. I think that's something that would either fans may need to change their expectations on that or just score those points in different ways. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I am definitely personally not tied to the air raid or to NASCAR to any of that stuff. It's let's just, let's just try to move the ball. Let's make smart decisions and try to win some football games, make us make a big stop here and there. (laughs) And you know, if every game's 21 to 13, fine. Deck wins. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just leave it there for tonight. <laughs> Texas Tech wins versus Kansas 16 to 13 uh, behind one offensive touchdown. Uh, you, you you allow all 13 of Kansas's points to be scored off of your turnovers, um, despite holding them to 200 yards of offense. Um, I estimated less than 250. And you were correct. They had 214 they were, yes, they were balanced, 102 passing, 112 rushing. Um, That's almost right at their average. <laughs> yeah, which is surprising. Like, like they, they, they were almost completely average today for Kansas, and except for their their defense giving up 50 points. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 get back and kind of, um, I guess look back more at the the season as a whole, um, you know, I, I doubt if, if we don't have any news on, on staff changes on Sunday, we won't have it, uh, in time for our next podcast, but we'll definitely be keeping up with that. Can't forget basketball is still happening. Uh, you, you beat the, the, the breaks off of Troy the other night. You've got a game tomorrow versus Grambling state. So, it's basketball season, man. Let's, let's get let's still get, basketball season. Let's get hyped yes. for that. <laughs> let's get that the, the Houston taste out of our mouth. Let's just keep going and and see how Tech does and the rest of these non cons. Yeah, man. So, all right, that'll do us for us on the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast for Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.